Oh, I like drinking beer and I like talking hockey when I get to do both. I feel pretty lucky. Whoa, let's get fucked up. All right, folks. Um, I feel like I didn't quite give it my all on that song, but uh, that rendition of the, the theme song and there, there's good reason for that. <laughs> not, not a happy camper. Um, <laughs> it's been two days since uh, the Leafs lost another game seven. And although I'm like, I'm doing better, it's still, still hard. Um, anyway, I'm your host, Robin Coymans, and I am <laughs> drinking a sparkling water because my body has not been reacting too well to alcohol, I think, ever since I went maybe a bit overboard on Saturday night. And um, yeah, I've got Wyatt Donowski and Stefan Petra joining me. Wyatt, how are you doing? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, like we've in Winnipeg, we've skipped spring. And so I've moved on to summer. So it's been uh, it's been nice getting some warm, like no playoff hockey because that's overrated. Who needs that? So yeah, you yeah it's been no, no distractions from your uh, beautiful summer weather. So that's kind of nice. Great to golf season, right? Yeah. So it's like golfing between lakes and stuff that Winnipeg is currently flooding. But yeah, it's it's going well. I'm drinking Fargo Brewing Company. Oh, don't you know? So uh, it's a stone throw Scottish ale, uh, which is very delicious. So let's get into it. Nice. And uh, I will warn the listener that my computer is having some serious difficulties with picking up the video for both of these guys. So we might be uh, interrupting each other more than we usually do, um, or at least I'll be interrupting people by accident. So apologies to Wyatt and Stefan for the future interruptions and to the listener. Um, Stefan, though, uh, where are you at? How are you doing? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, uh, as an Oilers fan, things are great. Um, and, uh, you know, the sun is shining here in beautiful Yellowknife. It looks like we finally are going to have summer soon. The ice is melting. And our local craft brewery, Woodyard Brewing, has uh, started a single single-op series. And uh, on the weekend... Uh, before game seven, I decided to get all four of them in growlers. And I'm on the third one now. Uh, yep, it's been a heavy weekend of drinking. Um, and this one, I believe, is the Erasmus. I think I, I might be saying that wrong. Uh, it's not bad. It's kind of, um, you know, more of a, a citrusy kind of hop. Uh, so, you know, I, I do approve of it, though. Yeah, nice. Um, always a fan of the single hop IPAs. So that's. That's a pretty uh, pretty sweet weekend plan slash delving into the early week that you had there with so four growlers you said you picked up. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, I was on antibiotics there for a week uh, a while ago, so I wasn't oh, drinking, and then make, you know make you gotta up make for up for it. Yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah, all the power to you. Hope your uh, hope your body takes it better than mine has. <laughs> um, so yeah. I mean, there's no point beating around the bush. You might as well jump into it. Um, and I know that there's been some some great stuff that happened in the first round for some of us, but uh, we'll kick things off with my perspective on the Leafs' loss, I think, which uh, it's tough. 0-10 um, now in their last 10 opportunities to eliminate another team. Um, yeah, and I just uh, – I'm at a loss for words in some ways, but I'll try and still say stuff. Um, 
yeah what did you guys think when like I'll, I'll i'll get more into my perspective in a sec as a leafs fan but i'm curious like from an outsider's perspective what do you think about this loss for the leafs what do you think that they should do moving forward maybe i'll start it off with you wyatt i thought of all the times i watched the leafs in game seven i thought this this is this is it this is the year they do it. They've been, they've been playing really well. They had like one bad game in game four, but like they've been pretty much in the whole series. They've been dictating the play the whole time. Like they've, they've done well playing five on five. And I, I think Jay Fresh or someone did like a, a goals expected and they're like leading it for the most part uh, over Tampa Bay, which is impressive because they're the two time defending champions um, with like Vasilevsky, who's like a no slouch. And I was like so sure that they were gonna do it, and like it was heartbreaking game six. Uh, and I'm like, oh, they're definitely gonna like come back to Toronto, and they're just gonna exercise the demons. So then I went and went. I didn't even watch the game. I went and watched a movie, uh, the the Harry new Harry Potter movie, the <laughs> the uh, what's I call it? the Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> and then I then I I'm like, this is fine. It's gonna be great. And then I check my phone after. I'm like, what? How? How is this possible? How do you not score more than one goal at home? So I was just shocked. And how do you get outscored by Nick Paul? Is what I want Nick, to know. Which is even better because he's a former Sens player. So I'm like, out, out of all the times that a player has come back to bite the Leafs, it's Nick Paul. And like the goals, I saw the replays. The goals were like almost fluky. Like they didn't even, yeah. it didn't look like they were actually skilled plays. Like, I guess like TJ Brody just missed a hit and then he scores a goal. And that's and just like, wow. After like Matthew scored 60 goals, I thought for sure they would be able to get out of the first round. But I guess this is just what the Leafs are until they, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm a loss for words. Yeah, so you almost got to it there, Wyatt. So maybe I'll throw that the next obvious uh, question to Stefan. Do they blow it up or do they run it back? What do you think? Well, you know, I've been I've been thinking about this a little bit. I mean, I'm obviously not as invested as someone such as yourself with this. And I haven't watched nearly as many games all year. But I was going to say, like, before you said the, the 10 or 0-10 or something in, in – elimination games to eliminate the opponent to the last six years. That's a scary number. And to me, when I watched the last couple games of the Leafs in the playoffs, I feel like as an Oilers fan, I've seen this over the years. They're missing a key part. It's that we got to, we want to finish you kind of attitude. And it's not that they don't have it in the lineup. It's just, they don't have it in like the important parts, like the guys that the, the top and I'm, I'm not saying that Matthews and Marner couldn't have it in the future. They're just young still. It's the guys like Tavares. It's like you expect a guy like that to show up in a game like that as the captain. And, like, to me, he'd be the guy that I think they need to somehow move or diminish his role or something because, to me, he was not very good in the series. And in terms of blowing it up, I don't know. I don't think they're that far off. I actually do think uh, – this was the year, like Wyatt said. I thought this. I didn't go watch Dumbledore, though. By the way, I'll have to get a review on that. I didn't want to watch that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. To me, it was like they finally figured it out. They didn't have a you know question marks in goal. I wouldn't say any of those goals that went in, like you said, were 
goals that, you know, he Campbell let in. It was just a fluky thing that happens. But yeah, you lose 2-1? Really? Like, what? <laughs> you have a 60-goal score, another freaking, you know, how many points for Marner? Uh, it's just the the other guys not showing up, the guys that you expect it from. Tavares, you're paying him how much? Like, to me, that's the question. It's like, you need to replace that guy with, like, a Braden point, a guy that's going to give it all. Yeah. So, I I don't know. Like, with Tavares, I don't know what you can really do to get out from that contract. If you're, if you're getting rid of him, you're not getting anything back. You're, you're going to have to give up assets for a team to take him on. So, that's a tough sell in a lot of ways. And I thought that he he competed hard. He had the, in the last like two or three games, especially he started to put it together. He was slow to start the series. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he had the one disallowed goal on the Justin Hall interference call, which was iffy. Like I can kind of see that it's interference, but at the same time, like they weren't calling stuff like that. And it's hard to, it's hard to see that one, not just get overturned, but the Leafs get a penalty from that as well. That was a tough, a tough break. Um, but I felt like Tavares was, he was pushing, he was trying hard, but for whatever reason, all of these guys that are highly skilled, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, John Tavares, no matter how hard they push and how much they leave it on the ice, they just can't finish, can't make the last play that they need to in games that matter. And so I don't know. I think, I agree with you that something has to change. I don't think you can run it back 100%. And I've kind of been saying this the last two years. I've been making, like, I think uh, we had a podcast between me, Wyatt, and Granger, my friend back from China, like either last year or the year before that, where it was just like trying to come up with the different trade options for the Leafs and how to get rid of different guys. Um, I don't feel this year now, at least, that they need to get rid of Marner. I think he proved to me in the playoffs that he's maybe like it's still hard to say whether or not he's worth 11 million, but he at least proved to be not a playoff choker in this series. He played pretty well in this series, played pretty hard. Um, I think the guy who I would look to trade would be Nylander and even he had some good moments, but he just looked listless too often. And that's been his trademark his whole career is that he's infuriatingly skilled and can have these like amazing moments. But in between those moments, he just looks disinterested. And that's not the kind of, I don't know, attitude, body language that I think helps a team like this. And Yeah, to, to your point, Rob, and just, just to add to that, I agree. I think they have too much of – the skill and, and not enough of the, the career, you know, like the power forward, the guy that's going to go and just give it all, you know, yeah. you, you almost say this, it sounds awful saying this from an Oilers fan, but if you could take Hyman instead of Nylander, it almost be better <laughs> off. Maybe. I don't know. We, what about we, Wayne Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> give me Wayne Simmons from 10 years ago. Sure. But <laughs> Not right Bottom now. six isn't their problem. It's they need a top six guy that can just, you know, just gonna give it all. Where guys need, down. They need someone who can definitely play a bit more physically, who can 
just like who's more effort than skill, which sounds stupid because you got a guy like Nylander who like, if it comes together, he can put up like, he could have put up like 10 points this series easy, I think. And the other thing that's frustrating too is like, I don't know. I don't want to blame the loss on the officiating in any way because the Leafs still needed to play better to win. The Leafs still needed to play better to win, but, um, and you're saying, yeah, Crosby did. So I guess like if a guy like a class act like Crosby can do it, then like, why not? Sure. The officiating fucked us in this one. (laughs) Um, In game six, there was the first high stick penalty in the third period that didn't actually hit the guy. The guy just uh, dove on Tampa. And that puts us in the situation where Kerfoot's aggressively forechecking and high sticks headman to give them a minute and 40 second five on three, which they tie the game on. But the first penalty shouldn't have been a penalty. Um, and then you go to game seven with the, the Justin Hall situation. Also, there was a break where Nylander had chipped the puck ahead and was going for a clear-cut breakaway, and he got impeded. He got held up, like interfered with at about the center ice line, and there was no penalty on the play. And granted, it was Nylander. I didn't expect him to score on the breakaway, but he should at least get a penalty. Like, at the very least. And there, there is a good argument to be made there that he was impeded from getting a breakaway and that a penalty shot could have been called there. Um, yeah. It's just these little things like officiating just seemed to sway. Like the, it was such a close series that those were the things that made or made it or break broke it for the Leafs along with just their, what's between their, their ears as well. But yeah, I don't know. I start with, trading Nylander I guess you got to get rid of Justin Hall that was one thing that pissed me off about Sheldon Keefe's coaching decisions in the series is Justin Hall should not have been in there for more than one or two games like Lily Grin is a better option in my opinion and um, Justin Hall made a lot of dumb plays over the last few games including the interference he also gave the puck away directly to at least on one of the goals I can't remember which one off the top of my head but he was he was not making good decisions on the ice. Um, I'd like those I'd like to see them get rid of Justin Hall. Uh, they probably need to get rid of Jake Muzzin as tough as it is to say because he's actually bringing grit and uh, sandpaper to their lineup but he's a guy who's getting paid like 5.5 million a season and is incredibly injury prone at this point. He's like 33 years old. I just it's tough to it's, it's tough too though because like if you're trading guys like Hall and Muzzin, you're not really expecting to get much in return for them. Um, what kind of what kind of rookies do they have in their the pipeline? Like they have lots of guys they've drafted over the last couple of years that are, like they've could got make a jump? yeah. Well, Nick Robertson should be making a jump next year, I would think. Um, Topi Nimala is supposed to be a pretty pretty good offensive defenseman, but at the very least, they they didn't have Sandine and Liljegren in the lineup throughout most of the playoffs. And those guys, uh, I feel like should get a run at at least, if not the if not just the third pairing, maybe even the second pairing for next year, just to see how they run with it, because they were Toronto's best pairing during the regular season by um, like all advanced stats metrics, and that's probably with like fairly easy competition, but I'd like to see what they can do in a second pairing role. Um, I actually hear uh, Joseph Wall is a pretty good (laughs) 
Upcoming goaltender. Yeah. Um, I I, th- I think they need to resign Campbell. Um, <laughs> He's a UFA. Yeah. It's a tough yeah. one, but like. I think the goalie been, market. The goalie, the goalie market. market yeah, the goalie market, from what I understand right now, like they're talking starters are are going to be six six five a year. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. Think I was listening to, give, to uh, the Elliot Friedman, you know, the wisdom. <laughs> I don't think you have to give Campbell that much. I think he'd probably sign for like three or four years at four point five mil. Um, Hopefully. Just, just because he isn't like he doesn't have enough of a track record, I think, to earn more than that. Yeah, he he didn't pull an Ottinger like he didn't like steal games for the. Yeah. Oh, Rick was that guy unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess you run it back. <laughs> like, what other what other option do you have? Like, besides like salary cap issues, like. I it's, guess you go again every year. Was it one more year? See if we can yeah. do it. The other thing, Robin. The other thing is, uh, is Keith under contract next year? I think he is. And what yeah. about uh, their GM, their Dubis? I don't know if Dubis is, but um, I think he's probably sticking around. <sighs> Because those are always things that you don't even think about. They were talking about that the Dallas Calgary. Apparently, Dallas is like GM and coach have one year left, and they're not even sure if their coach is going to come back. So, yeah, like, I, they could be blown up. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Rick Bonus isn't back. Um, his team was getting outshot by twenty shots every game. So, <laughs> that's a that's a Paul Maurice stat right there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of coaches on the market, though, maybe it's time that we transition into talking about some of the um, just recent changes in terms of coaches on the market, front office shakeups. Um, so Barry Trotz is the big one, the big fish that's out there. And I know there's been a lot of uh, a lot of people linking him to Winnipeg for fairly obvious reasons. He's from Dauphin, Manitoba. The Jets don't want to rebuild, but they... Uh, don't necessarily have a team that's good enough to, to win without good coaching. So bring him home, bring yeah. Barry home. So they need a guy like Trotz who can inst- install a, a good system into the, and get the team to buy into playing defense. And I think that the jets have enough on that roster that if they could get Trotz as their coach, then you'd have to expect they're back in the playoffs. Um, why, what do you think about the whole trust to Winnipeg thing? Obviously you're saying bring him home, but like, Bring, you want to elaborate? Is that bring, is that why? Before you get going on this, is that the 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 Manitoba flood relief motto? Bring Barry home. Essentially, if everything is better once Barry steps back into Manitoba, he's missed it so much. He's from Dauphin. He's a local guy. Just throw money at him. Just like Chipman. Just give him whatever he wants. Trade Shifley. I don't care. Like bring. We, it's been so long since we had a coach that had like a solid defensive system that I don't, e- I don't even think we had a coach that had a solid defensive system. Like Claude Noel was garbage. Uh, Paul Maurice wasn't that much better. Uh, so it's just like something that is so opposite to what Jets fans have been used to is something that needs to happen. And if they don't get trots, Obviously, it's up to him to decide whether he wants to do that or not. But that's like an f- abject failure of the ownership. 
and of the GM. Like you got, you got to try to get him to uh, Winnipeg. But again, I don't. I I overhyped the Jets at the start of this year, and they were just so awful. So I'm going to think that they're going to hire Randy Carlisle because <laughs> might as well go to the lowest bar and anything above that is, is good. So they're probably going to get Randy Carlisle. It's going to be the worst thing in the world. And it should be fun seeing Chaz Lucius try to make the team as a 18 year old. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't like, if you didn't like Paul Maurice hockey, where you only had like 46% of the possession, get ready for Randy <laughs> Carlisle hockey, where you have like 39% of the possession. <laughs> but yeah, uh. they, they gotta, they gotta bring him there, or they gotta like at least interview him, at least say that they interviewed him, and then I think that would be good. But if he, if he says no, then like that's, that's not good for the Jets. It's gonna take him over lunch for God's sake. This is home freaking problems. <laughs> like God, Connor, yeah. Connor Hellback has to petition for this. Like, if anyone's gonna benefit, he, he's the one. It's like I'm sick of taking. Great A scoring chances constantly against me. I would like some like perimeter shots like these other goalies, and I can get, you know, I can back to my form. Yeah, I think the it would be stupid of them not to get to, to not do a full out pressure or press for getting Barry Trotz as their coach, but they're also going to be competing against a number of other teams that want him. Like you know for a fact that like Detroit, Philadelphia, mm. um Maybe Vegas are teams that are going to be pushing for him. Oh, um, yeah, that happened today. Yeah, but DeBoer. Yeah. So that's something to consider. And, yeah, maybe that transitions nicely into talking about what finally happened in Vegas, what we've all been predicting for a while, which is Pete DeBoer getting fired. Um, <laughs> no idea why it took this long. Uh, I don't have anything really new to say about it because we already eviscerated Vegas in the last podcast. But uh, I think that – Keep it going. Yeah, I'm – I'm glad that I guess common sense prevailed and maybe this means that, I don't know, they're not going to have to sell off Robin Leonard in the off season since they fired DeBoer instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on the DeBoer situation? I just, I can't believe with the talent that they have, they didn't make the playoffs. Also, I just think that whole organization is a bunch of turds. And they deserve everything that comes to them. Feel for the players because they didn't choose that location. Speaking of a turd getting what's due, um, Pierre Maguire got fired from the Ottawa <laughs> Senators front office. So um, I don't know. Turd is maybe a bit like harsh. He's just more of a, a doofus. Turtle. But, Turtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's basically yeah, he's, he's definitely master of disguise. Uh, Turtle dude. I don't know what the name of the turtle character or the Master of Disguise guy is. Did you see that movie? movie? That's an old movie. Holy. Yeah, it's an old reference to make. Did you see that movie when it was out, Stefan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, he's gone. Um, I don't know why he was ever there in the first place. Um, Maybe Eugene Melnick just saw him on TV and I have no no clue. It's it's, it's hard to understand. Um, (laughs) Uh, Wyatt, do you have any parting words for Pierre Maguire? Uh, well, he's probably going to go back into uh, broadcasting, so I don't know if that's a win for everybody. Well, it's obviously well, a win for everybody. We'll, what, get, what we'll get a monster every game again. 
what network is going to take Pierre Maguire? Like the network oh. that nobody watches, like like the lowest yeah. of lowest NHL network now. Well, Wayne Gretzky is doing TV, so <laughs> and he has yeah, TNT, and he has zero personality, so might as well get someone who yells monster all the time. So <laughs> might as well. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, Pierre's given us like just so many ridiculous catchphrases um that i don't expect from like mo- most hockey announcers don't have like like when you talk about like uh i don't know like who's who's the jets guy that just dennis bayak does he have like any catch for, like the guy who just retired from the jets uh play-by-play does he have any catchphrases he's known for bang bang okay there we go bang bang <laughs> yeah but if they score back-to-back goals he says bang bang <laughs> I mean, it's no double Dion, but uh, it's okay. Well, they, here's here's a team. Great should, save, Dakarski. They should they should bring in Pierre Maguire and they should bring in Dion Phaneuf together once again, and it's called Double Dion, and it's just them talking about Dion-like players in the NHL. Yeah, D- Dion-like monsters. Yeah, you know, so Dion calling another. Another player in the league, a Dion. So it's a double Dion. <laughs> I should work at TNT. He has his own segment. Dion Phaneuf has his own segment. Yeah. Yeah. He's like oozing with person. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, There's I don't so much that potential here. TN- I don't know if that even make TNT, to be completely honest with you. I've seen their content recently, and that's even like below them. He was the captain of, wasn't he? He must have had personality. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I will say this about Pierre though. I did enjoy the early days in his junior um, announcing. It was when he started doing NHL that I, I feel like he was just like it was above him. You know, like some people just belong in the minor leagues. Yeah, so maybe just let him do like QMJHL commentary. Yeah, there we like go. That. Yeah, I think that's his sweet spot probably. Um, Anyway, I feel like that's enough talk about Pierre Maguire, more than he really warrants. So um, we'll move on to talking about how we did in the first round predictions and then make our second round predictions. So um, interestingly enough, we didn't do too badly after we kind of jokingly said like, well, not jokingly, seriously said, like no one listened to what we're saying. Nothing that we say holds any merit or makes any (laughs) sense. No one put money on any words that we say. Um, somebody should have is what you're saying yeah maybe so here's what we said we'll go round by round so colorado versus nashville wyatt said nashville in seven so yeah but uh (laughs) stefan you said colorado in six and i said colorado in four so i actually got it right on i didn't think i didn't think that david riddish could be that bad (laughs) 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 who knew that david riddish would be all right so so one with the bold prediction robin was one Um, the next series was Minnesota versus St. Louis. Wyatt said Mini in six. Uh, Stefan, you said St. Louis in seven, so you're one off. But I said St. Louis in six, so I got it. So basically, this is just a Robin is right segment here. <laughs> Why would you go um, to Talbot? In- I'm starting well, but you'll see. You'll see what happens. <laughs> How would you go to Cam Talbot in the last game? What like what are you doing? You got uh, didn't, didn't understand that. There, there's clearly a message sent to Mark Andre that you're not our guy. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I, I picked St. Louis in six because I thought Husa was going to Bennington them, but I had no idea that Bennington was actually going to Bennington them. So um, I, <laughs> that's like 
sinking the eight ball to call in a different pocket, but then like winning anyway. <laughs> I actually had a guy in one of my, uh, I did a hockey pool there, fantasy and, uh, playoff thing, and some guy picked Bennington last overall for his only <laughs> other goalie. And we were laughing at him at the time. And let me tell you, he's laughing at us now. Yeah. <laughs> Just reaping those sweet rewards. Yeah. All right. So Calgary versus Dallas. Um, here's where I didn't go as do as well. So I still picked uh, the right team. I picked Calgary in five, but, uh, so Stefan, you said Dallas in five. So you were, you were a little <laughs> off on that one. <laughs> um, Wyatt, you said Dallas in seven. So oh, you were a little so, off, but you had the games, right? So yeah, close. Close. yeah. Um, one thing I do want to mention though, that you were prophetic on is you said going into the series, Jake Ottinger will pull a J.S. Jaguar. Oh, man. Be like the cons my favorite, basically. Now, I don't want to give you too much credit because you said that about like 10 different goalies. But, <laughs> <laughs> like David Riddick, right? Yeah, you said that about Riddick as well. I'm pretty sure like every round you called someone the next J.S. Jaguar. <laughs> Just pumping all the goalies' egos. Love it. They need that boost. You know, they really do need that boost sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, I mean... We'll, we'll give it to you still. It was, it was a good call on the Ottinger thing because I I did not see this level of play from Ottinger. I'm not going to I didn't realize – yeah, I didn't realize he's a first-round pick. Like, these guys knew what they were doing with this guy. He's, he's uh, 20, 23 years old, which is just – He's pretty, he's man. an RFA. Hey, he's an RFA after this year. People are saying, oh, like, you know, they just give him a bridge contract. I was like, dude, pay that guy as long as possible for as cheap as possible right fucking now. Yeah, just sign him, like, a seven-year, like <laughs> – 45 million dollar contract and honestly it'll probably be good oh it'll get a steal that guy's not gonna get bad unless he gets injured severely did you see his like saves and overtime Uh, it was just like he's so poised he's still poised too like he wasn't even face he was doing the whole water ball thing you know like you know when the goalie squirts the water in the air and he just looks at it and he's just like chill it's like oh man (laughs) and they call him get this they call him the otter like what a nickname <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm feeling pretty good about my my uh, team in net now for my my uh, fantasy hockey league that I'm in with Wyatt, my keeper league, because I've got Jacob Markstrom, Jake Ottinger, and Andre Vasilevsky as my top for next goals. year. Yeah, for yeah, just holding on to them. So it's oh, a dynasty wow. league. That's well, not fair. How many goalies you can you keep? That's four, ridiculous. you get four. You get up to four. Those are my top three. But do you have Philip Grubauer or <laughs> Matt Murray or, or Cal, Cal Peterson, Peterson or <laughs> Aiden Hill? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, sucks to suck. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Brayden Holpe, bye-bye, bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't need – like, they had four goalies coming into the season, and they do not need – Three yeah, of them. <laughs> that was, it was crazy because they were worried when Bishop got injured there for the year. They were like, oh, we don't know what we're going to do. It's like, well, I think they can get rid of both of those guys now. Yeah. And uh, kind of masked by all this, by all of Jake Ottinger's brilliance, was the fact that Jacob Markstrom had like a 940 save percentage mm. in the series, too. He was pretty good, for, pretty damn good for the Calgary Flames. And guess, uh, who's, guess who's third in the, in the first round for save percentage? Is it Mike Smith? You know it. It's not far <laughs> off either. Don't worry, that'll plummet. Um, yeah, 
big cliff to fall off of. <laughs> big, big, big predictions here. Let's let's hear it here in the second okay. round predictions. So anyway. we're not, we're not there yet. First, we got to go through the first round. So uh, Edmonton versus LA. Um, I said LA in six, so I was a bit off on that one. Um, Stefan, you had Edmonton in five, so <laughs> great team, but not number of games. I think I rolled the five that day, and I just picked five for everything. <laughs> and then why you had LA in seven. So really? you're cl- you're close, real close. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm happy that Edmonton made it through. It'll make for a pretty awesome battle of Alberta. Um, yeah, really looking forward to that series. Thirty-one um, years. So the next one that we had was uh, Florida versus Washington. So I said Florida and six. So I got that one right on the money. Um, let's see why you said Washington and seven. <laughs> we called, and we called you crazy, but you looked like a prophet for a while there. They and, were um, big for a while. Like yeah. I was, man, Bobrovsky is back down to earth. Yeah, I actually so. think I think what happened there is now there's a blueprint on how to beat Florida, and I wouldn't be surprised if they have some trouble with Tampa here. Yeah, and Stefan, anyway, you said I'm foreshadowing to my picks. You said Florida and four for that uh, series, which. Did not come to fruition, but you picked the right team. So there you go. Um, Toronto versus – Yeah. So Toronto versus Tampa we have now. And I hate that I got this one right on the money. Um, oh, so I picked Tampa Bay in seven. And so, That's why they lost, Robin, because you went <laughs> against them. Like, I guess I'm – like is is I'm I'm not I don't care that I picked so many of these series correctly, especially the one with my own team in it, because like I wanted I wanted other teams, like I didn't want a lot of these results that I picked. Um, but yeah, Tampa in seven is what I said. Stefan, you had Toronto in seven, and then Wyatt, you had Tampa in seven. We at least all picked the games right. Uh can I say something here, Robin? I want you to know I'm not gonna name the name because I want to throw him under the bus, but there's uh, another person I know that's a, a high diehard. Toronto fan, and he bet the day of. Oh, I talked to Tony. I talked to Mike Gibbons today actually he about bet this. against his own team, and then he felt like such a piece of shit after they lost, <laughs> and he bet it all on the Oilers, and he said yeah. he's now cheering for the Oilers for the rest of the playoffs. I also think his girlfriend told him he has to. <laughs> yeah, I I saw him today. I was dropping off what my uh, my my like employment form or whatever at the YK1 office and he told he spilled his guts to me about that whole situation. Did so. you slap him? Because that's a slappable offense. He, he was he was on the other side of a stanchion. I couldn't really do it, but um <laughs> yeah. It's uh I don't know. I, I completely understand the mentality. Like part of me wanted to I was I well I wouldn't have done it on game seven. I wouldn't have done it on game seven. I would have possibly bet Tampa on game six because I knew there was no chance. And also I was like, at least there's still another chance for Toronto to win, but there's no way that you could do it in a, a do or die game. I don't understand you Leafs fans. Like, I don't even know how that even goes through your head. I'm like, I'm like so invested in my team, even if it's delusional, even there's no chance I'm going to do it. Well, I think that's because you've act like as much as the Oilers have sucked for a long time, they've still won a couple of <laughs> rounds now. Like imagine how this. A I think we have the second coming. And at least like, when they lose a round, they get swept. So, like, there's no there's, – there's no, like oh, – like the, it's the way that the Leafs lose. If the Leafs lose in seven or in five in the one, like, three to two series against Columbus, they lose – they always lose in seven. So, like, that's why. 
anyway, enough about that. We don't need to revisit that. Carolina versus Boston. So I took Boston in seven. I was wrong. Um, Wyatt took Carolina in four. <laughs> Close. <laughs> and Stefan just took Carolina. You didn't say the number of games for this one. <laughs> so I guess we'll give it to Stefan. It's going to be, he was probably going to five. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably five again, yeah. I think I'd pick five in almost every one. Um, then the the last one we had was New York versus Pittsburgh, so I took the Rangers in six, just a game off there. Um, Stefan, you had the Rangers in five. And then Wyatt, Wyatt went for the Rangers in four. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. I'm going to be honest with you. This was the series that I was the most shocked at. I was a little worried. I was like, holy shit, Pittsburgh still has got it. I don't yeah. know why I got against them. Even with Dominguez and with, like, Crosby out for a couple of games, like, yeah. they were still just giving New York, like, way more than I expected. And uh, they were out shooting the most games, I'm pretty sure. So that's a franchise that's going to be some changes, I think, coming up this year. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens with Malkin and Latang, but I don't know. Like Latang, if there's if somehow the Leafs could sign Latang, that would be a good allocation of like Nylander's cap space. <laughs> apparently, apparently Latang's not even close with them right now. Yeah. So. He probably yeah, he probably wants like Four years, nine million. Yeah, he wants term, and they don't want to sign a guy that age more than three years. From what I understand. Yeah, yeah, I would guess he wants four or five years at nine million per. Guaranteed too. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. So we so those were our first round picks. So we are going to move on to the second round now. Um, I have not thought this through, so. This will be interesting. Um, first series that we have is Colorado St. Louis. So, Wyatt, I'm going to let you lead us off on this one. Uh, so, I'm going to go Colorado in seven. Uh, I think Kemper is going to come back. Uh, Bennington's going to suck again, and they're going to go back to Huso. So it's going to be like reverse round reverse one. Bennington. Yeah, reverse Bennington and <laughs> in game seven in overtime will be like just the icing on the cake. Uh, and then he'll have like a little pouty party and we'll try to fight all the abs. So that'll be good. So yeah, go abs in seven. Okay. Stefan, what do you think? Not to go with my like number from the first round. <laughs> um, I'm definitely picking Colorado. I think they learned they've learned some things since last year, and also I think they uh, they aren't gonna just sweep them. You know that they're gonna have a, a game where St. Louis, you know, they're they're playing some pretty good hockey right now. I think as much as I want to say five, I think it's gonna be six. Colorado and six. Yeah. That power play is just scary. Kale McCarr is just scary. Yeah, ten yeah. points in four games from Kale yeah. McCarr. Yeah, you know he's getting unreal. nine mil a year. That's yeah. like Bob Dorn At number. Twenty-three years old. Like, yeah. Disgusting. So they and they only signed him to that extension last year, I think. And yeah, but like, so he got nine million over six years. While guys like like sorry, uh, Stefan, but Darnell Nurse is making nine point <laughs> five million for the next like, eight years or something. 
yeah. like <laughs> Seth Jones as well. Like, how is Kale McCarr making less than Seth Jones and Darnell Nurse and like Zach Wierenski when they all signed these contracts at the same time? Rantanen's making six and a half for another two years. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's you McKinnon? Mean, like? Or no, uh, not Rantanen. Yeah, I was gonna say McKinnon because Rantanen's nine point five. Rantanen's making more. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they've got an unreal salary structure on their team. Like, I don't oh. know what Devin Taves is making, but I'm sure it's less than he's worth by far. Um, yeah. Oh, and uh, Kemper is starting. They said his yeah. swelling in his eye has gone down. I'm wondering if he's going to switch his cage to avoid such complications. Maybe go away from the cat eye. Yeah, I don't know. They they traded Devontae's for a second round pick, which is also insane. Hey, <laughs> hey. Two second round picks. It's they, they were dealing with Lou Lamorello, two time reigning GM of the year. He's not going to give him away for just one second round pick. Oh, Lou looked, looked senile on that one. <laughs> on that one? On multiple ones. <laughs> All right. So you guys have given your picks of Colorado. I This works well because I was actually going to pick St. Louis and I'm still going to pick St. Louis. I'm going to take them in seven. And my reasoning for it is pretty much what you said, Stefan, about the fact that, yes, they've been playing really good hockey. They have been hot for the last, like, two, two and a half months, probably the best team in hockey for that time. And, 2019. and I'm thinking that if they feel similar to the 2019 Blues right now, like, just the they way that they're the playing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm taking St. Louis and seven in this one. It's not a slight to Colorado because I think they're an amazing team. I think they're just running into, unfortunately, the hottest team in hockey right now. And I have trouble picking against the Blues as they're playing right now. Well, they had Colorado. Yes, good point. Colorado had a really hard time with uh, Vegas last year. And I can see St. Louis implementing a much more difficult time than, uh, you know, a Vegas team last year. And I also worry for the fact that they had too easy of a ride in that first round. Um, could be similar to last year, although last year they had too easy of a ride against St. Louis. <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> But this year they had such an easy ride against Nashville. It's obscene oh. how how much better they were than the Nashville. Did you guys? Track. Did you guys? Did you guys see the uh, NFL uh, lineman off of the Tennessee Titans that usually goes to the Nashville Predator games? Did you see his tweet the one game? No. Yeah, he was like all fired up about the the Nashville Predators, and and then they responded. Their team page responded, "No, Taylor Lewin, we're down to nothing." <laughs> and then it went like, to they were, they were drunk they were drunk in Nashville and then someone and then they were down three nothing and someone commented three nothing and then two <laughs> four nothing and then so then five minutes later five nothing <laughs> so that was a pretty good thread yeah and I think I, th- I don't know about you guys in watching that series I think it's safe to say the best defenseman in the league is Kale McCarr by yeah. far no question, he's better than Yossi. And I know they don't vote on the the regular play, playoffs, but like in my mind, watching them play, he took over the games. Yeah, no, I think that if the playoffs were factored into the Norris, then that series easily won Kale McCart the Norris. Um, but it's not, so we'll see what happens. And we already made our picks. It's too late to go <laughs> back on them. Um, all right, so next series, we got the Battle of Alberta, guys. So. It's happening, finally. It's been like over 30 years. And Stefan, I'm very excited for you to be watching this. Um, <laughs> part of me is tempted to honestly just drive down to Edmonton this long weekend and just like take, take in a game from the 
from the outdoors with the with everyone on Sunday. But um, because I think because I think the first two games are Wednesday and Friday in Calgary, but Sunday's game is in Edmonton, right? Yeah, and then Sunday, and then um, Tuesday. I'm yeah. Actually, it's funny. I'm in going to be in Calgary on Wednesday night, so they play Thursday. And I was thinking about possibly buying tickets. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a pricey one, but I think you should do it if you can. I haven't told the girlfriend yet because we're going for a wedding down at Fernie. But I was like, you know what? We can postpone one night to go watch a Flames game, Flames <laughs> Oilers playoff game. Like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be wild. So uh, maybe Stefan, I'll lead off with you and your prediction for this series. I, I like honestly like it's funny hearing everyone talk about this series. It's like, yeah, this was before I was born the last time they played in the playoffs. It was literally the year before I was born, not to date myself, but I, I, I don't know. You just, you, you, you look about the history of this and you're like, you know, this series is going to have some layers and it's not going to be a simple series. It's going to be very similar to what Calgary faced with Dallas and, and LA, but it's going to be an intense emotional series. And for that reason, I, I think you'd be silly thinking anything other than six, seven games. It's just, it's, there's no way this is going to go in any shorter. And for me, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go seven Edmonton. Like, like I can't pick against my team. Like this <laughs> is not going to happen. Yeah. I believe so, Connor's going to do it. Connor's so, um, going to find a way. So I'm wait. I'm pretty sure that means that Wyatt's taking Calgary in four. <laughs> in three. <laughs> so Wyatt, sorry, did I steal your uh, your pick? What are you actually thinking? I I would say Calgary, but I'm going to say in seven because I think it'll be the most entertaining playoff round in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So give me give me Lucic versus McDavid. That's all I want. I want Lucic having a heart attack trying to catch Connor McDavid. Yeah, but I got to ask you this. So Connor's been throwing way more hits in this playoffs than he's done anywhere. And you can't tell me if he catches Lucic with his head down, he's not just going to plow him. How good would that look? He rocks Lucic into the ice. Yeah, then then Zadora will just run Connor. So (laughs) so that'll be good. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to see it. Um, I think I think he's capable of it. Just be, not because, like, um, I, I think mainly because Lucic is so slow that he wouldn't notice it happening before it came. But uh, yeah, Connor has been showing a physical side to his game, and honestly, like Martyr and Matthews surprisingly showed some physical sides to their games in the in the Leaf series too. Not that it did them any good, but uh, yeah, I think Connor is actually like. Was functional, um, fun- functional toughness is what I saw from him in the, the first round series. Mm-hmm. Got the got the guys fired up. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. I really want to pick Edmonton, but I think that I got to go Calgary just based on what I just saw in the Calgary Dallas series. I don't think that Mike Smith is Jake Ottinger even though his save percentage was pretty damn high, but that's against an LA Kings team that just cannot finish. They're a, they're a team that just throws the puck on net and has really good stat, like advanced stats and metrics um, and it's expected goals. 
because they just throw the puck on net so damn much. Um, Calgary has guys who can actually finish. Um, just look at how many points Goudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm put up this year. And they've got so much depth too that I just – I think that they're going to overmatch Edmonton as much as Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but especially Connor McDavid will try to keep that from happening. I'm going to take Calgary in six for this one. Dreisaitl's injured too. Like, yeah. he, was he's fine. Like, Did you not see his press <laughs> conference? He said he's fine. Yeah, okay, cool. As his like, <laughs> leg is popped off. Yeah. <laughs> Like hobbling. Um, got a prediction, or I, I'll ask you guys for a prediction. Over under, how many shots per game is Calgary slash Edmonton going to average in this one? Is it going to be like the ridiculousness that happened for Calgary in the Dallas series, or less? It's not going to be quite that bad, but I will say Calgary averages thirty-eight shots a game, and Edmonton averages thirty-eight. Yeah, in Edmonton, <laughs> average. So, because there's probably going to be an overtime or two. They're um, good. Calgary's been playing unreal. Yeah. Like, yeah, like shockingly really good. Like 38 is low when you consider they had like 54 shots in regulation in game seven or something like that. So they were I'll at say 40 after two periods. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'll, I'll say 38 per game for Calgary and I'll say 29 per game for Edmonton. The one thing that's interesting. Okay. Uh, uh, the one thing I will say watching the game, the two series. I will say you you do notice, I mean, it's hard to like compare different teams to different games and stuff, but you do notice Calgary defense is pretty slow compared to LA's. Like LA has some guys who can move. You you're saying Eric Goodbranson is slow? <laughs> the winning <laughs> pairing of Goodbranson and Zadorov. <laughs> Zadorov, yeah. And uh freaking uh Tanev. Tanev, so, like you know, Tanev's all right, but he's injured right now. Yeah, we'll same with dry saddle. Yeah, so they got <laughs> Stone in there. He's fine. And Stone's he pretty played, slow from what he I played can... in Game Seven. Tanev didn't. Because they, they have Michael Stone in there instead, right? Michael Stone's not the fastest, from what I can tell. I loved. Uh, I must say, I loved watching, listening to the Calgary announcers. I never really listened to much of the Calgary announcers, and they have a hard on for Mike Stone. They're like, he has the hardest shot in the league. He's Al McGinnis, Mike, and I'm like, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. I think that they thought he was Mark Stone or something for a second. <laughs> Al Iafredi. <laughs> yeah, they meant they meant Mark Stone and they meant Al Iafredi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like it's a disservice to the whole league if this doesn't go seven games, no matter who wins. You know, it's crazy because they they did the the change in the league. What it was four years ago? Like the divisional was it four years? Yeah. And this is the first time they've actually had a second round divisional matchup that they've been like coveting in the West. They have, I, I can't speak to the East as much. I'm sure well, there has been. Who's, the who's they? Because I sure as fuck know Gary Batman, Batman has not been coveting Batman. this series. No, I don't think he, I don't think Batman covets the series. I think he no. just wants American teams. Yeah, Batman oh. would. Batman hates this series so much. <laughs> Batman just wants more America. Yeah, that's fair. He's but like even no but, fun league. He's like, league. just give me Arizona versus Minnesota every year. <laughs> <laughs> in an a thousand person stadium, please. <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll move on to the next series. So we've got the Battle of Florida now, from Battle of Alberta to Battle of Florida. I like so, that. I like that. That's nice. 
Yeah. So Florida versus Tampa. Uh, Wyatt, you can lead us off. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, well, factoring in uh, old guys without a cup factor, uh, I would say Florida in seven because you gotta gotta give Jumbo Joe that cup, and you gotta give Claude Giroux that cup as well. So I'm mainly just Claude Giroux's not even that old though. Like Claude Giroux should still have a couple of years on him after this. He's yeah, like but it's like, but thirty four. I really like Claude Giroux as well. And Tampa's won a bunch. Braden Point is injured. Like, they beat the Leafs. That's probably, like, the highlight of their season. So, they'll go quietly into the night. But in seven games. Seven games for Florida? Okay. Yeah. Stefan, what do you think? I'm going to start this off with two questions first. Because I, <laughs> I, I need to make sure that, that people understand stuff. One, <laughs> is a rat able to die from lightning? Answer me that. Sure. I, I, I would assume yeah. that all carbon-based all right. life forms can die right. from right. Not if it's hit with a Scott Melonby stick. Two, <laughs> two. Dynasty is three last I checked, right? I don't think, like the show Dynasty? No, a Dynasty. <laughs> like if you're going to win a three cups you're a dynasty right isn't that the, the qualification i think that's like i think that's like the unofficial salary cap era kind of like definition of dynasty that's why i'm asking because yeah. i want to make sure I'm, I'm not just you know spewing nonsense to people you know and then there's also sure people facts. who get like more persnickety about like the years that it occurred in like you could argue that pittsburgh is a dynasty because they won three cups in the salary cap era but there was one from one cup to the next one was separated by like seven years. So okay. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think a three peat though would definitely constitute a dynasty. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's basically what I was leading off to dynasties are done. The rats are out. <laughs> They're going to freaking do it. So, so, gonna so be, you're telling me the it's rats going to be, it's going to be in five. Florida's going to do it in five. <laughs> and all I have to say is Carter Verhege. Carter Verhege. They got no Braden Point. Carden Verhage is the X factor to the Braden Point, and there's nothing to stop him. Unstoppable. <laughs> Former Tampa Bay Lightning. Connor Former Bray. Toronto Maple Leaf draft pick, Carter Verhage. <laughs> oh, actually? <laughs> yeah. Was that and... Lou? No. Was I don't that think Lou? So. Yeah. I think John that's Ann. like Dave Nonis or something. It's like a 2013 or 2014 pick. I'll have to look into it. Um, yeah, whoever was before Lou, I don't really remember. Take them up in your keeper leagues, guys. I already got him, don't worry. But uh, <laughs> shit, you're gonna be unstoppable next year. <laughs> but um, I would actually look at so Carter Verhage put together, as you said, an unreal first round, 12 points in six games, only bested by Connor McDavid in terms of points from the first round. But um, what scares me about the Panthers is not Carter Verhage so much as the fact that Huberto the potential MVP as many people were touting only had three points in that first round. Yep. So Jonathan Huberto has not woken up yet. Alex Burkov mm-hmm. has not really woken up yet either. Um, these are the two guys that really get things going for Florida usually. And they've got a ton of other weapons on top of that. Like we all know about their, their forward depth as being insane. Ekblad hasn't been, offensive really either no, he's and, you know, played sound defensively but he hasn't been doing he's much still he's still getting like reacclimated i think from the long time off but yeah so there's a lot to like for florida in terms of them not having hit their peak yet 
Um, that being said, Bobrovsky has basically played as I was expecting Bobrovsky to play, which is to say like slightly below average. So when you look at Tampa, you have to consider, yes, they're missing Braden Point to start the series, but they also didn't have Vasilevsky playing typical Vasilevsky level hockey in that first round. Uh, the Leafs were able to shell him a couple times and he didn't look that sharp until, until it was really important in the last game or two. So I don't know. It's a tough one. And I don't want to bet against Vasilevsky when you're, when you like, if you distill it simply enough down to Bobrovsky versus Vasilevsky, and I know that's not what it is, but like, those are the two most important positions. I take Vasilevsky so easily over Bobrovsky. Well, um, isn't, isn't his stat um, after losing a game, he's like something like, 17 and one in the playoffs. No, I think he's 17 and 0 in yeah, the last three years after losing scary. a game. Yeah. That, so, so all actually, Tampa has to do is win the first game and doesn't matter. <laughs> um yeah. Shouldn't have picked five. Damn it. <laughs> so I'm taking Tampa in seven in this one. And I'd like to see Florida win. Like the Joe Thornton situation would be really nice, but it's hard to bet against Tampa, especially after what I just saw them do, how like clinically they finished off Toronto and those, especially in game seven, they were just like blocking all the shots, like closing down every lane. They just looked like such a smart veteran polished team that knew how to win. And, and, Nick, Paul. and Nick Paul is absolutely a beast. He's the answer to Carter Verhage. So there you go. <laughs> Um, (laughs) this is the paul verhage series (laughs) believe it deeper leagues (laughs) um so the last series that we're talking about is carolina versus the rangers i think this is this is the one that i'm probably the least excited for although it's the tony d'angelo redemption tour so (laughs) that's the one narrative we can take into this i guess um yeah so Stefan, I'll start you. I'll let you start off. Uh, Carolina versus New York. Who do you like? You know, I thought the Rangers were out last series. Uh, Shisterkin didn't play very well, to be honest, the whole series. He still has good numbers. That's that's more just coasting off of that like eighty something save performance in game. Yeah, well, there you go. But you know, like for some reason, I just feel like. Those guys are just destined to beat the jerks this year. They got beat up late in the year. I don't know if you remember the game. I think it was like April 26th, 24th. They played Carolina. It was like the last three games of the year. And it was like they could maybe catch Carolina for the number one seed in the division. And they didn't do it. And everyone was like, oh, Carolina is a way better team. Guaranteed, that's the Bolton board material right now. I say Rangers in six. Nice. I like it. Uh, Wyatt, who do you have? Uh, Rangers in seven. And then Winnipeg gets a first round pick. So (laughs) that is all that I care about in that series is that the Rangers win. The cop show? Uh, Cop is playing. He's playing pretty well. Uh, but, But the Jets should get a first round pick after giving up. That just makes the cop trade even better, giving up for a first-round pick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I hate to pick the same team that you guys picked, but I already picked the Rangers to make it to the Stanley Cup final in our last episode. <laughs> so it would be stupid of me to go back on that at this point, even though I honestly think that Carolina is the better team. Um, I also don't think that – I think that Antiranta had a great first round, but I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to – I don't think he's going to keep it going at that same level, whereas I think Shesterkin could play better than he did in, in round one. Um, is Freddie coming back, though? Yeah, what's yeah, the deal with that? I actually don't know. That's the great – equalizer potentially if, if freddie comes back that could be a difference maker although who knows maybe he'll be rusty and maybe it won't help them i was gonna say like do you throw him in if he comes back if he's healthy even it's if it's uh, in like two months it's a tough question because yeah looking at like ranta put up a 927 save percentage in the first round he looked pretty solid um it'd be hard to go away from him at this point but uh yeah, Shesterkin only had a 9-11 save percentage, which isn't bad. But I think you'll see the real Shesterkin in round two, so I'm going to take the Rangers as well. Um, How many times does Ryan Reeves hit Tony D'Angelo and knock him on his ass? That's what I want to know. Um, 75. Wait, who, who's the one that punched him in the face? Is that Shesterkin or is that Georgia? Georgia, I think. Yeah, I don't remember. Either way, in the handshake line, how many yeah. of them are going to end regardless <laughs> if they win or lose? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, D'Angelo is going to get just like – that would be amazing if he just gets like tackled by all of them in the handshake line. <laughs> like Dino Cicerelli when he, when he like shook what uh, that guy's head. He's like, I can't believe that this makes me sick shaking his head. Yeah, there's so. going to be a lot of spit on the hands <laughs> as, they, as they get up to D'Angelo. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm taking the Rangers in seven in this one. There's going to be one upset, and I think the Rangers have it have it there. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, do you guys have any last thoughts before we, we head out and enjoy the rest of our Monday evening? Go, Oilers, go. Yeah, I'm going to have to, going to, have to get together and watch a game or two of this Battle of Alberta. Friday night, what are you doing, Robin? Friday? Friday <laughs> um, night, buddy. I'm going to talk to you off air. <laughs> bring bring Barry Trotz if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> you know what to do. Yeah. We'll give you free Salisbury House sandwiches. I thought of a <laughs> I thought of a slogan for you there, Wyatt, to bring it in. Uh stop the Red River. Bring Barry home. Gotta gotta bring Barry home. There's you there's only one one possible scenario that happens. Or Carolina fires Brock, Rod Brindamore after they lose to the Rangers. And then bring Rod in. I don't care. Bring <laughs> yeah, bring bring someone else that's like decent. Harry is basically Moses in, <laughs> in the Bible, as I read it anyway. <laughs> just just tell him he can have free rye bread for life, and I'm sure he'll be here in a second. <laughs> He has all the halapshi he ever wants. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, it's been great. Um, hope you have a good night. Best of luck, Oilers. Uh, best of luck, Jets getting trots. <laughs> and I guess best of luck, Leafs, figuring out what the fuck we're going to do. <laughs> good luck, Leafs. Good luck, yeah. Oilers. <laughs> Woo. All right.